Welcome to The Something Forum by Echo & Co., a podcast where we talk about digital and organizational transformation, innovation, and nonprofits, and hope you learn something along the way. For this series, we welcome guest Zanita Anderson, who serves as the Senior Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer at a nonprofit organization. Zanita talks to us about her transition into the C-suite, her philosophy around leadership, and how trust and empathy are two key ingredients to build a successful team. We'll also talk about her background in criminal justice and how she makes digital transformation manageable and actionable. And now your host, Andy Vanderland. everyone. Welcome back to the Something Forum. I'm here with Zanita Anderson, and we are on our Toasts episode. So we're talking about accolades and successes that uh, Zanita has experiencing, seeing things that are giving her hope right now. So we'll start with that. What is giving you hope right now? And it could be sort of in the world in general, but also maybe in your work and the type of work you do. I would say, um, as I mentioned before, um, really, I think, advancing to uh, the position that I serve in now, um, it actually gave me hope. I mean, within the organization that we are truly recognizing the talent that we have. And we don't always have to seek um, that same talent externally. And so, you know, it's interesting because, um, you know, I, I did not expect this, you know, um, uh, moving into this role. Um, There were some events that happened um, why I stepped into this role. But I would say, too, I think that um, personally, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my family owns a staffing company. Oh. And so I believe that, um, and we've had the company for, you know, my husband um, operates it for the past 18 years. And as I look back at my journey, even professionally, um, I believe I have benefited both, you know, um, in places where I've grown, um, seeing him and um, lead and learning from him. And so I'll, you know, take those uh, things to the organization and vice versa um, and providing him guidance um, uh, to lead in that capacity. And I I think the hope, um, as I mentioned earlier, seeing those around me grow, use some of the strategies that I have, you know, may have imparted along the way as I'm leading them and them coming back and saying, hey, even if they're still in the organization or not, you know, it was really rough um, sometimes when you told me certain things, but now that I'm no longer here and I've gone elsewhere, I understand why. Yeah. You know, and so really seeing that um, in those professionals and then most importantly, my children, you know, I, I have, you know, lovely children, you know, the youngest is 19 years old and um, two of them work actually with my husband and the company and just really seeing them grow and what we've poured in them intentionally and just kind of them by, by them just really um, watching us. It is, um, it gives me hope and it gives me great joy that 
we're leaving at some point the company in good hands. And then for me and my organization, that I am truly pouring into those individuals who help me um, be successful as a leader within the organization to then move on to some, some you know, one day maybe take my place. Um, yeah. And so I am, as you could, you know, already tell, um, I am a true believer in um, guiding and motivating and coaching and helping individuals, um, even those who don't even serve um, underneath my leadership, you know, throughout yeah. the day, I'll just send messages to individuals and say, hey, how are you? You know, um, <laughs> oh, you're doing great. And, um, and sometimes even, I mean, yesterday I was leaving um, in the, uh, the cleaning staff, they were in the, the brick room eating their dinner. Um, I was here kind of late and I've moved offices. And so one of them said, well, I haven't seen you in a while. And I said, well, I moved up to, you know, to a different floor. And she said, wow. So I sat there and spoke to them. And so um, as I was leaving, I, I don't, I'm not fluent in Spanish, but I could understand some of what she was saying. She was just telling the other lady, like, she's so nice. And oh, that's yeah. You know, and so yeah. I am just a lover of people in general. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that gives me hope um, that, you know, I am doing the right thing. I'm pouring into individuals to be all that they can be and just leaving behind a legacy um, that's just not about my title again, yeah. but it's about my character and Zanita, who she is as a person. Come on, full circle. That's great. In our first episode, you mentioned that I think you see a really important part of what you do is making an impact and being a change agent. Mm -hmm. And uh, sounds like you are. Sounds like you're living up to that. <laughs> I'm <So>. trying. <laughs> when you think about making an impact, there's definitely the people relationship piece. Mm -hmm. There is bringing people up and all, all the stuff we talked about around empathy. Are there other sort of metrics that you think about for how you know you're making an impact at your organization? I would say, um, I mean, you know, when I see the change um, around me um, or when I hear uh, individuals um, using the terms and the language that I've mentioned in certain meetings. Yeah. Um, that, that's always <laughs> really funny to hear and to be very humble, um, to not say, oh, yeah, 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 that came from me. No, you know what I mean? Um, I want that to happen because then that means that, hey, I have um, in some way connected with them. It resonates and they understand, hey, they, they got it. You know, yeah. um, so that shows, I mean, to me, that's an example um, of, you know, impact. And, and, and one time it happened and I just kind of chuckled, <laughs> really. And they were like, what? And I was like, oh, no, nothing, nothing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, you know, when someone um, that I have not met with at all again um, and they're, you know, saying the same things or they're like, you know, have you thought about this? And it's. Like, oh, yeah, I have, you know, but I've actually started that process yeah. of thinking about whatever that thing may be. And um, so it's, it's just really, really refreshing. Um, and so it's it's as I mentioned, you know, my perspective is I don't have all the answers. And I know that mm -hmm. I depend a lot on my team uh, because there are some times where I'm wrong. 
and I will admit that I'm wrong. Okay, well, guess what? I think that your perspective is um, more appropriate or it will probably work. And so I that's where I can see that my impact, where my impact is mm. as well, because they're comfortable with pushing back. Um, I never want yeah. to have, lead those who feel as though, well, you're my manager, you're my leader. And so whatever you say, no, it's not whatever I say. You have a mind, you can think critically, and I need to understand what your thoughts are because I miss it sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. And there may be information that you have that you can share with me that may change my perspective. And I really want, I leverage, you know, your expertise to kind of help me too. You know what I mean? We're in this together. And um, so, you know, that's the piece. And I think the refreshing part for many that I lead that they tell me is like, I have a voice, you know? Yeah. Do you have any um, recommendations to other nonprofit leaders on how they can encourage their teams to express their voice how do you make a safe space for people to come to you and say i disagree or and here is my idea or maybe even i don't disagree like i just have this other alternative point of view to whatever solution or conversation i go back to um one of the um previous episodes in speaking about being vulnerable um mm -hmm. to a certain extent and transparent uh, yeah. when you're uh you know, your staff and those who you you, you lead understand that um, you're comfortable um, with acknowledging your imperfections um, and that you're human. And, you know, you, you want to work with them through whatever that may be. And, and you mm -hmm. want to hear their opinions. Um, that helps to provide that, that space where um, they're comfortable in sharing whatever that may be. Um, I have this uh, interesting um, talk whenever I um, hire someone or they're new reporting to me, and I say, you can say anything that you choose to say to me. Um, please do not um, spray any bodily fluids on me or <laughs> put your hands on me. So that's the rule, but I want you to, to respectfully um, communicate your feelings, um, even if it's something that you feel like that I have done because it wasn't my intention intention to make you feel that way. And sometimes as leaders, we have to understand that, you know, we have a perception of who we are, mm -hmm. but it really matters how do we show up to other mm -hmm. people. And so we have to understand how we show up. And if we're not able to um, listen, and we may not always agree, if we're not able to listen and really understand that perspective and then sometimes provide context to the reason why mm -hmm. something happened and then they can understand and they may change their perspective. But we have to be comfortable in our own skin and very secure to understand the way I thought I showed up. I didn't show up that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have two One's a comment, an observation that's comfortable in your skin. I was just thinking about that during our little break. It's like you lead in from a space of being confident and comfortable. It comes across very apparently in our conversation, mm -hmm. uh, which does make it easy to want to talk to you and be open with you and mm -hmm. you know, um, know that you have wisdom to share with us. Mm -hmm. I think also there's a lot of sort of lip service to being vulnerable and come tell me whatever you think. I'm open door. Uh, mm -hmm. And in practice, 
people don't feel comfortable coming to leaders with their thoughts, even if they say it. Mm -hmm. Is your approach doing that vulnerability piece, being transparent? Are there other pieces to how you build that trust and relationship with people so that they are comfortable telling you the truth respectfully and empathetically? I think your actions um, actually lead and probably is the most um, critical component to that. Um, if you're, as you mentioned, you know, it's just lip service, people can see that. So if there's no action behind or they don't see an example um, or you, you know, exemplifying what you're saying, then they're, they're not going to feel comfortable. They're not going to come to you. But if you put that into action and you show them um, that, yes, you know, you coming to me and, and, and one, um, I'll, I'll just say this, yeah. I, I always preface sometimes those conversations with, I want to hear your thoughts, but please understand what we talk about. We may agree, but that doesn't mean that there will be action on whatever that suggestion idea may be right now or ever. It just depends. Let me tell you why. This is what we're doing as it relates to um, that initiative or that thought, that process. Mm -hmm. And so it may, uh, we may be able to use that specifically mm -hmm. to enhance or improve that. Or we, it may take us some time to do that because the organization may not be ready for whatever that is. Because one of the things that I, I, I do understand, people want to be heard and they want to understand that you actually have heard them, okay? And so when we, when we staff members come to us and they're sharing you know, their ideas or they're sharing well, this that is not working or whatever it may be, I hear you, but it's not I hear you and they have the hope that whatever they have imparted is going to be changed. It's going to be implemented. Right, yeah. So to really bring some perspective and getting them to understand this is how this fits within this. And it may be so innovative that the organization is just not ready for it at this time. But guess what? Let's not stop you know, continue to think about it. And then when the organization is ready, you know, you may be here or not, then we can then start to think about that, whatever that idea or whatever that feedback is, or, you know, the openness, um, and then um, implement it. If it's different from a um, operational or how they're being treated or from that perspective, then you hear them out. And then sometimes you have to provide without divulging any confidential information that all staff members may not um, um, be able need to hear, but you give them a general perspective as to this is why we're doing this. Because sometimes we as leaders, we have information that we can't communicate yet with our staff. And so from what they're seeing, their vantage point, they're seeing, well, I don't understand why we can't just, you know, as we were talking yeah. about, why can't we just? Yeah. There's a reason, but instead of ignoring that feedback, Let's tell you what I can. Let's communicate. Mm -hmm. I can communicate to you what I can. And then that's where that trust comes in. But trust me, I hear you. And then 
you know, at the right time, I can provide you with more context to as to why yes or why not. And so back to that trusting piece, I've had many um, internal and external from, you know, my the organization that I work for, where um, I know you have a different skill set. I know that you would like to do this, but there's not a space right now for mm-hmm. that. Give me time. I see where it may be on the horizon. I never guarantee anything, but yeah. if you're here and the opportunity makes uh, is available, you're more than welcome to um, take advantage of that opportunity. Okay. But there is something that I see, and I am very honest, that something that I see in you, it may or may not be where you are currently in your organization mm-hmm. to take advantage of and to leverage your, <laughs> your skills and grow, it may be somewhere else. So I'm very open and transparent and honest in that case because um, here again, I'm, I'm not here to guide and coach and you know um, for individuals to remain where they are. It is wherever and whatever you would like to do. have any questions you think nonprofit organizations should be asking themselves as they think about digital transformation or their approach to leadership? I would say um, as it relates to digital transformation, one of the questions that we, I believe, have to answer is, um, are we entering into a space digitally that actually will be more beneficial for another sector or another entity Mm. to manage or govern. And that's a really tough space, that question, or should we be the ones that lead that initiative? You know what I mean? So it could be various things. And sometimes we want to be the first um, to actually adopt and to be in that space. Hmm. And it really... Um, it may be mission aligned, but it really takes away from two of the T's, the time and the talent. Hmm. And so if it's taking more away from you in those areas, we really have to think, is this something for us to lead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think that that's a hard question many times <laughs> um, <laughs> for nonprofit organizations to um to, to, to answer. Yeah. And um, even as far as, you know, uh, leadership, uh, there is a fine line, as I, I've mentioned, you know, you know, most nonprofits, you have your external um, stakeholders, and then internal staff, how do you balance those relationships? Because again, um, the leader has to be seen, um, the leader has to be present. The leader has to be trusted mm-hmm. and the leader, um, there is a level of transparency that that leader has to you know, possess. And um, if that balance um, is, is not achieved and the focus is more external or the focus is more <laughs> internal, mm-hmm. um, it, can, it can really impact um, one, the funding or whatever it is that's needed from the internal to actually support the work that the internal needs to do. And then the internal piece, that relationship of trusting and understanding that, hey, what we're focused on, you know, it's 
mission oriented. It's, you know, what we, you know, we're, we're working towards the, you know, um, same outcomes. Okay, one last question. It's a little off topic and we wrap this up. What is the most unexpected class from mortuary school? Mm-hmm. What is it? What is the class that no one would be like, oh? Hmm, I think all of the classes that I took, I mean, one would expect. But what I will say is um, the clinicals probably mm. are the most well you know, individuals who um, make a decision to go into the mortuary field. Yeah. Um, sometimes it is, you know, your family owns um, an establishment. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, that's what it is. And so you may or may not um, enjoy the embalming um, aspect mm-hmm. of it, where you just may want to, you know, comfort the families, you know, work uh, the paperwork or drive the vehicle. And so I would say um, the uh, embalming class, um, we had to complete, um, I think it was uh, eight clinicals um, the first semester and then another 10 um, our last um, semester. And uh, well, not the first semester, but in between, you know, when we took the embalming class, which was later on in the program. And so I would say I wasn't quite prepared um, <laughs> <laughs> for my first, um, uh, my first experience. And so I, I was assigned to this funeral home and um, he was a great embalmer. And um, but he left me. He said, OK, Zanita, I would like you to prep. Um, both of the deceased and I'm going to go off and he had to do something. And so he left the room and I'm standing there in front of them. I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, you know, proceeded to to do what he asked me to do, but it really was a a point of reality. Like, do you you really want to do this? Okay. (laughs) And I became more comfortable with it, but the initial time was, um, it was really interesting. And so I would say for many of my classmates, it was the same experience. Um, Mm -hmm. For those of us who were never, um, had never worked in the um, funeral home environment. Mm -hmm. Many of my classmates, you know, their family owned funeral homes. Uh, But for those of us, you know, we were the first in our, you know, family um, generation to even think about doing something of that Mm -hmm. nature. Yeah. It was really interesting. The other courses were, you know, of course, heavily in science, um, mm-hmm. restorative arts, where you learn how to reconstruct the face if it's, you know, um, disfigured. But um, yeah, I would say that part. Um, yeah, a little you know, shocking for the first. Yeah. <laughs> A little shocking, but I got used to it um, as I started working um, in the field. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for answering that little offshoot of curiosity I had. It was great talking to you. Thank you oh, so much. Nice. I cannot wait for people to hear this. Uh, is there any last thoughts that you want to share? No pressure. If not, you have shared a bunch of wisdom already. <laughs> you mentioned earlier uh, about accolades. 
And this is what I will say, because sometimes as leaders, um, especially those of us who really pour into others, mm-hmm. we have to make sure and understand to be refilled. Yeah. And that's really, really important. And that's something that, you know, I continue to try and balance because I'm that's just my nature. Mm-hmm. And so for leaders who are truly, truly um, serving in the selfless capacity, you know, I call mm-hmm. it selfless leadership. It is extremely important. Self-care mm-hmm. is extremely important. And um, because you cannot um, continue to do those things as you, um, you're passionately, uh, you know, that you are passionate about and pouring into others who um, become leaders also themselves. So you really have to make sure that you are paying attention to your self-care. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's one thing that as leaders, we just don't think about ourselves. Um, we're mm-hmm. very selfless, which is a great quality to have. Yeah. But we also have to understand in order to pour out, there has to be something that you um you, you have to um, have something within your reservoir to pour out to others. Ah, that's such, uh, just ending on all the great notes. Like I said, <laughs> so wise. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Something Forums series with Zania Anderson. Our host is Andy Vanderland. I'm Melissa Huntley, our editor. The music you hear in this episode is Something About Something by Sarah, the instrumentalist. This podcast is produced by Equinco, a digital agency sending creativity on a mission.